is a Woodside Church podcast. Good morning. Some of the people say, you back again? You only came last week. Well, good morning to you. It's great to be with you again. Uh, it just fell this way in the way we put the preaching plan together. Uh, and so I have the privilege uh, of being with you again this morning. I'm normally based on... Did me? I'm normally based on the partner side. It's great to be with you guys. Uh, I bring my wife, Dawn, with me. There's Dawn. Uh, I was just about to say, Dawn and I are married. Yeah, Dawn and I are married. And we have two grown-up daughters, Esther and Rebecca, who are 30, 31, 29. Something like that, isn't it? I've no idea. I lose track. I don't know how old I am, let alone anyone else. Uh, and we have one uh, grandson called Ethan, who is about seven or eight months old. Oh, my goodness, he's gorgeous. He is gorgeous. He is the most beautiful boy there has ever been in, in, in the whole... No, that's probably not true. Uh, absolutely wonderful. Um, so, uh, great to be with you. Uh, I bring a guy called Brian, Brian Leeson, with me. Wave, Brian. Yes, you wait. Brian worships on, on the partner side, but Brian's just joined the staff team, actually, uh, very recently. Brian uh, has joined to help pastorally uh, and to help coordinate and service as a church family. Uh, uh, we actually pastor one another through small groups and, and coaches and other leaders. That's how we, 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 we care for one another. But we also have others that can help and support those people. Uh, and Brian has has a rich experience in pastoral leadership. I was with another local church in town, All Nations, for 12 years on the staff team doing something very similar. So Brian, it's great to have you with us. So get to know Brian. He's a nice guy. He's a lot nicer than I am, so get to know Brian. I just felt stirred, before we go on to what I was going uh, to speak on, I feel God wants to heal some people this morning. Yes. That's what I feel. I thought that's what you were going to say, Ruth, but... But um, I thought what you brought was brilliant. I didn't mean that. Uh, but I just felt a rise of faith in my spirit uh, to see people healed. Uh, and so if you, ha- if you know there is a, an area of your life, your body, where you, there's a sickness or there's something uh, in you that isn't what it should be, you're ill in some way, or you know someone close to you or someone, family or friend, work colleague that is sick, I'd, I'd love to pray now. Uh, so if, 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 that, if that is you, one way or the other, could you just put your hand, hand up? Fantastic. Right, now let's all stand together. I'm going to lead us, but we're going to pray. Is that all right? So I can assure you I have no special anointing up here. The only anointing we have is the anointing of the Holy Spirit, which we all carry. Okay, but I, I'll pray. In fact, let's raise our voices. Let's pray together. Let's pray together. Let's pray that God's power should come that healing should come, sickness should go. Let's pray for that now. Jesus, we ask that. We ask that, God, please move. Thank you, God. Thank you, God. We thank you. You're here with us by your spirit. We ask you, Lord, lead. Move amongst us, God, we pray. Move amongst us, God, we pray. Move amongst us, God, we pray. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Come, Holy Spirit, release healing amongst us. Release healing amongst us, Lord, we pray. We say, come, Holy Spirit, 
Come, Holy Spirit. Lord God, we thank you for James' testimony. We thank you for that demonstration of your power. We're reminded that you said the kingdom of God is here now. And so I pray on behalf of all of us, for all of those that are sick today or that are standing representing someone else, Lord God, we pray that your kingdom will come. We pray that sickness and disease and ailments would go in the name of Jesus. We pray that future that we long for, where there's no pain, no sickness, no death, we pray that that would come now and enter into lives represented here, or lives stand here. We say, God, would you move? Would you move powerfully amongst us? Do that, God, we pray. We say, come, Holy Spirit. Come and move powerfully amongst us. We're longing to see more of your power amongst us, Lord, we pray. But we believe it's on your heart, a God of compassion, a God of compassion. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. And all God's people said, Amen. 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 Please grab your seat. If at the end of the service you know God has healed you, please come and grab Ron, and we'd love to share that. Uh, or next week, you, you, this week, you, you, you find something out, please share. We'd love to give testimony to what God's doing amongst us. Amen? Amen. Amen. Right, that's not what I'm here for. Okay, what I'd like to do today is, uh, is really first share some prophetic things that God has been speaking to us as a whole church family over the last, I guess, what are we now, a couple of months. Uh, it started back in early March, and uh, God has spoken to us in different settings. One was in a great Denham prayer meeting, one of the prayer meetings in this room actually, in March, and on a Sunday morning in the Putno side, and in different places uh, in between. And when God speaks prophetically, we obviously weigh it alongside scripture, and we, we weigh it together, and we, we hold on to the good. So what, if someone says the Lord says, doesn't mean that he does say. You know, we weigh that together, and, and, we, we, and we do that. And then when we feel a sense of God has spoken, then, wow, we get behind that, you know. You know, when we get to that, we really feel a sense of God is with us on this. And uh, sometimes prophetic can be more directional. Uh, shared a little bit about that last week. Uh, sometimes it's for a meeting just in that moment, and sometimes it feels like it's got a bit more longevity to it. So it's not visionary, it's not directional, but it is God trying to grab our attention. And that's what happened at the beginning of March, when God kept saying similar things. And it's ever so easy to move on to the next thing, isn't it? And then the next preaching series, and the next this, and the next that. And we really felt God was saying, no, no, just linger a bit. Just wait in that place, uh, and be clear what he's saying. And look to see how do we apply this individually and corporately. So these are some of the phrases that people began to prophesy. Uh, I think we'll have them on the screen. One was this, God is asking us to give him our all. Another person prophesied this, are we going to be lukewarm or are we going to go back to finding our first love? Someone else said this, are you going to be sold out for God? Interesting, when some of these words came, not all of them, but some of these words came, it was on a, on a service in Putna on the other side, and two people that normally worship here, Ruth and Felix, I call Felix Felix, sometimes you call Felix Felix, I realise. Is that right? But Felix is Felix and Felix is Felix, right? <laughs> Depends where you come from, right? Okay, got it. Okay, Felix, sometimes called Felix, came to Putna 
and shared this word. In fact, he didn't really know why he, God wanted him on the partner side. He'd normally come here. He said, and we recorded it, actually, so I've got, got it word for word. I don't think you realise it, but I've got it word for word. This is what you shared, Felix. Good morning, family. So for those of you who don't know me, I normally worship a great denim. And this morning, when I was praying, I felt a sense of God saying, go to Putno. Today of all days, my wife Joyce was serving at the other, other site, so getting the kids ready and everything. Today is not the ideal time to come here, but I came anyway. Can we just read between the lines here of what that moment was probably like? Yeah? Busy family. Joyce is, try, is serving at the Great Denim's site. Do you hear me? I bet it was, there was a bit of a moment. That's what I'm reading here, uh, as I'm sure it would have been for all of us. But nevertheless, Felix came anyway. It was uncomfortable, he said. I didn't know why I was here, but now it's making a lot of sense. There is a shift going Amen. on. Did someone else say that this morning? There is a shift going on. I feel what God was telling me was this. This is how you have to obey me. Sometimes it doesn't have to make sense. Just like little children, God is telling us that we need to obey him like little children. Put aside all the assumptions. Once you are convinced God is speaking to you, don't analyse it, just do it. It will make you uncomfortable, but just do it. And that is where God wants to move us as a church. About a week later was the, great, the prayer meeting in the Great Denim. We were in this hall. Some of us were here, I know. And uh, I think Shannon, oh, I think you sang a song, Consuming Fire. Was that you? It was, wasn't it? Uh, and it's a, it's a song that I've been living with uh, and have heard a number of times. So the words of this song is on, on the screen behind, behind. Consuming Fire, fan into flame, a passion for your name, Spirit of God, would you fall in this place? Lord, have your way. Lord, have your way with us. And we just get similar themes coming about Lord having his way with us, about God saying to us, be like children. It might be uncomfortable, but, but don't analyze it too much. Just, just go with what God is leading you. He talks about obedience and those sorts of things. Actually, I feel we need to stay at this place for a little while. So the next three weeks, next three Sundays, we're going to preach in to the prophetic. It's one of the ways you handle the prophetic. You bring God's word into it. Yeah? You just don't necessarily allow it hang. You say, well, what does God's word say that will help us to apply it? So that's what we're going to try and do. I'm going to be sharing. Hudson's going to be sharing. And a guy called um, Andrei Bondrenko, uh, who is Ukrainian. He's a Ukrainian pastor now based with us on the partner side. He's also an apostolic leader, serving loads of many churches. And the three of us have got some words on our hearts which all focus on three different characters in the Bible. And so to use that as a look at it, people who are passionate for him and see how their response and their story help us to know how we can respond in this moment when God is saying, let me have my way with you. I want you to be passionate for me. It doesn't mean we haven't been, but it's like God saying, come on, there's more, there's more. And so that's what we're going to be doing. Lord, it's a Lord have your way moment. Now this could be for you, this could be a, 
a major life decision moment. I don't know what's going on in your lives, but it could be actually God is asking you to make a big decision. It may be something relational. It may be that, that it might be something that God is wanting to you make a decision to reconcile some relationships together. It may be a moment where God is asking you to make a step of faith. It may be many things but it feels like it's one of those moments, a Lord have your way moment. I remember when I uh, had a good friend and he and I were having a bit of a ding-dong with each other. Does that, does that make sense? You know, we kept rubbing each other up the wrong way and he'd say something and I'd be a bit cross and then I'd say something and he'd be a bit cross and then it was a bit of a... We just knew there was a bit of, a te- bit of tension going on. You ever felt that feeling? Is it only me who has those experiences? <laughs> Maybe this whole preach is just for me, I don't know, possibly. And uh, but anyway, there came to one moment when this guy said something, and it really ticked me off. And ironically, it was in a prayer meeting. Uh, it was the end of a prayer meeting. Uh, I hope you don't have me on a high pedestal here, okay? So it was a prayer meeting, it was a number of years ago. He said something, I said something back, and we basically, you could tell, we thought, oh, I've given up on you. And, and we, we, we finished the conversation, and, and I had no intention of, of trying to reconcile anything. And then God used another friend of ours to appeal to each of us to seek reconciliation. It was like there was, through this other person, God was trying to grab my attention and say, look, I want to have my way with you and this friendship, which was no longer really much of a friendship. And so reluctantly, I agreed to meet this other guy, and we got together alone, and we began to share. The amazing thing was, is before we got to see each other, God had completely changed our hearts. And in fact, it was the most easiest conversation that I think I've ever had with anyone because we just realised that the two of us had not handled the situations well at all. The guy's name is a guy called Darren, Darren Cox. He's actually my best friend and lives in Norfolk. Dawn and I know them. Dawn, uh, Dawn and I know Dan Lynn, his wife, very well. But it was one of those moments when God grabbed hold of me and I'm so grateful that he did. I'm also so grateful for the friend uh, who helped us in that. I want to read a story that talks about God grabbing hold of someone. It may not, you know, it isn't necessarily a relational connection that was needed, but it was a moment when God really grabbed the situation. The background to the story is uh, Acts chapter 8, and we're going to look at Acts chapter 9. It's looking at, the, the background is about a guy called Saul. Uh, Saul was persecuting the early church, and uh, there had recently been a murder of a leader called Stephen, and as a result, the church had been scattered because of the persecution. And so they'd been scattered from Jerusalem to other places. Now, I was talking to my daughter the other day, and she, she, worked, she uh, is a teacher at um, St. John Rigby. She's a Catholic school in, in town, and she said, oh, I told my kids this story the other day about Paul persecuting the church. And, and so she reenacted how that went when she told that story to them. And it did me a world of good because she said, I told the kids that Paul hated Christians. Sorry, Saul hated Christians. And they all went, ah! 
And then they, she said, and he went to find them and to put them in prison. And they went, ah! Now the point I'm trying to make is I've read this story so many times that I forget the significance of this. And it really helps when we go to the person that we really want to land on. She's a, he's a guy called Ananias. Because he was aware that this Saul was an evil man. And he was out to get Christians. So much so that in Jerusalem, he'd, he'd almost exhausted the amount of Christians that he could get hold of. So he got permission from the high priest to go to a, a neighboring town called Damascus because he wanted to find the Christians there to take them back and lock them up in Jerusalem. And all the children would go, ah! Do you understand? It's terrible what was going on. And while Saul was on his way from Jerusalem to, to, to Damascus, he was met with a blinding light. Many of us know this story. Blinding light. And Jesus appeared to him. He, was, he became blind. And Jesus called out to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Wonderful moment, actually, when Jesus identifies with his people by saying, you persecute them, you persecute me. It's a wonderful moment. And Saul says, who are you, Lord? And that began to be his conversion to following Christ. Remarkable story. But meanwhile, there was a man in Damascus, a believer, called Ananias. And I like to read about Ananias, because I really want to land on Ananias. Many of us look at this story and we look at the conversion of Saul. Well, actually, I'm really interested to look at Ananias in chapter 9, verse 10. It goes like this. Just one moment. It's hot in here, isn't it? Is it hot in here? Is it just me? I'm hot. That's bad. Verse 10. In Damascus, there was a disciple named Ananias. The Lord called to him in a vision, Ananias! Yes, Lord, he answered. The Lord told him, go to the house of Judas on, the, on Straight Street and ask for a man from Tarsus named Saul, for he is praying. In the vision, he has seen a man named Ananias come and place his hands on him to restore his sight. And then we go to Ananias, you've got to be kidding, Lord, moment. Okay. Ananias said this, Lord, Ananias answered, I have heard many reports about this man and all the harm he has done to your holy people in Jerusalem. In other words, you've got to be kidding. And he comes here with authority from the chief priests to arrest all who call on your name. But the Lord said to Ananias, Go, this man is my chosen instrument to proclaim my name to the Gentiles and their kings and to the people of Israel. I will show him how much he must suffer for my name. Then Ananias went to the house and entered it, placing his hands on Saul. He said, Brother Saul, the Lord Jesus who appeared to you on the road as you were coming here has sent me so that you may see again and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Immediately something like scales fell from Saul's eyes and he could see again. He got up and was baptized and after taking some food he regained his strength. What a remarkable story. Not just about Saul, about Ananias and how God used him. I'd love just to look at, I think I've got five things, let me look, five ways that we can learn from this story and apply it to our moment when God is, I think, trying to grab hold of our attention 
And I think there's steps of faith, there's decisions, there's, there's maybe relationships, there's things that God wants us to do in response to this moment. So what can we learn from this story? The first is this. It starts with an openness to God and a believer who is full of the Spirit. When we talk about obedience, sometimes we can go a bit legalistic and we can go a bit achievement-focused. We hear we've got to obey and we think, yeah, I suppose I must, and we sort of gird ourselves and we think, right, where do I need to obey? Actually, if we're not careful, we lean into trying to do something out of our own strength rather than doing something out of God's strength. What we see in Ananias is he saw a vision. We see the supernatural all around him, actually. We see the presence of God all around him. We see the supernatural. He saw a vision. He's sent to see Saul. He says, Saul, I've come to fill you with the Holy Spirit. You see, the thing about Ananias is, first and foremost, he is open to God, but he was also a believer who was full of the Holy Spirit. So if you feel God is beginning to speak to you, or you feel like your life as a believer isn't quite where you'd love it to be, the place to start is to be filled with the Holy Spirit. That's how we're supposed to live our lives as Christians. Not dependent on me, but dependent on him. That's the model. Even Jesus' ministry, where the Spirit came down like a dove before his ministry began. And the Father said, this is my Son, whom I pleased. Whom I'm pleased, whom I love. And then the Spirit came. So even Jesus modeled a reliance on the Holy Spirit when he was on this earth as a man. And so we should do the same. So first, we've got to be those thirsty for God. Thirsty for his power. Thirsty for his presence. Amen? Amen. Amen. Secondly, Ananias was honest with God about his fears. So can we be. This isn't a sort of disconnect from, from reality. Ananias became a hero, but he didn't start a hero. Our first answer doesn't have to be our final answer. You see, in this story, we actually see two men converted. One is Saul, but the other is Ananias. And so often, it's true, isn't it? Our first reaction can be, you've got to be kidding, Lord. Do you ever say that to God? I do. I say, really? Is that what you want me to do? You've got to be kidding. Many years ago, uh, I was doing a proper job. Uh, so I work for the church now, uh, but I was working in business. I loved it. I was quite good at it, if I'm honest. I was doing all right. Uh, and I went to a prayer meeting of our family of churches, and it was like God hijacked the moment. I should have expected in a prayer meeting, shouldn't I? But when I was there, completely out of the blue, I felt that God speak to me and say, Martin, you know you see all these leaders who are working for churches, he says, that's what I want you to do. I had n- that was nowhere near on my radar. I just thought I was going to go and have a great day. Uh, and suddenly God spoke to me. It was back in the 90s, this is, 1990s. The fun thing bit was coming back to see Dawn and explain to Dawn. And then I think Dawn might have had, you've got to be kidding moment. But she's a 
godly woman, and together we weighed out what God was saying. But we made massive decisions. We ended up moving home to another town. We ended up taking our children out of, out of the school they were in. They were very happy where they were. And so we paid the costs. But it, but it, was a, it came with a, you've got to be kidding. Uh, and we didn't want to, you know, that wasn't what was on our agenda. I remember when we took our kids, they went, came on a faith journey with us, uh, and we, we, sort of, uh, we sort of bribed them, actually. We said, look, if we do this, we'll buy you a pet. And we bought them a bunny each, although since then we've heard from my eldest that she really wanted a dog. And anyone else who's called to go church planting, which is what we did, is she says to the kids, hold out for a dog, okay? <laughs> Don't give in for just a bunny rabbit. Uh, and so that was one lesson she learned through that journey. But it was the best move we've ever made. God bless us, a family. Our girls are going on with God, even though they had to reintroduce into a new school, into a new town. It had its challenges. But our first was, oh my God, goodness me, Lord. You know, you've got to be kidding. But that wasn't our, be honest with God about our fears. Uh, Ananias was, we can be. Ananias became a, became a hero. He didn't start a hero. Number three, I love this. God uses the ordinary believer, like me and you. Isn't it crazy? We have a remarkable faith that it's not about the big men and women of God because it's, there is only one big person, and that's Jesus Christ. And so all, it's all about the ordinary person being released, uh, and that excites me. That, that point alone excites me. Number four, Ananias was full of grace, so should we be. There was a change of heart in Ananias. Remember when he went to Saul? He greeted Saul in verse 17. He said, brother Saul. That wasn't how it started, was it? It was like, you've got to be kidding. And then God changed his heart, and it was brother Saul. It's beautiful. Ananias was full of grace, but even then he had to go on a journey. It's, it, there's similarities between me and my friend Darren. You know, I don't want to do that, Lord. But when I got to him, God had changed my heart. Thankfully, he changed Darren's heart as well. So it was very straightforward. And fifthly, is this your get up and go moment? What is God saying to you? What is God saying to you? What does it mean for you to say, Lord, have your way with me? Just like Felix was saying, he said, it's uncomfortable. I didn't know why I was supposed to be here, but now it's making sense. There's a shift going on. See, God wants us to be like little children, Felix encouraged and once you are convinced God is speaking to you, don't analyze it, just go with it. That's the type of church that he wants to be, us to be. That's the type of believers he wants to be. The question is, what is God saying to you today? What, what decision is he encouraging you to make? What step of faith is he encouraging you to make? What relationship is he encouraging you to repair? What forgiveness does he want you to make for someone else? 
What is it? What is it? What is it? It could be many things. But I feel if we're going to be a people who are really passionate for his name, then these moments we have to take serious. When God, time and time again, says, let me have your way with you. Amen. You have been listening to a Woodside Church podcast. For more information, visit woodsidechurch.com.